0: Hey, this is John Amos, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? Can't win. We'll meet the New York Jets. can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next summer. King, King, King. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. fans, fans Bird, Brady, Bird. very
1: passionate. Bird,
0: Bird. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guys. Darnold
2: falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such
1: an upside. I <laughs> think Jet fans. Very passionate.
2: Brady, Brady, Brady sucks. So, so. so. Don't be the suck. Don't be Don't
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy, Being Green Podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, the number one jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael (laughs) Legarrison.
2: What's up, guys?
1: And, as always, in studio here, the number one NFL analyst in the podcast game today, none other... Then the majestic beast, <laughs> the big stinking wookiee, Nicholas Kronk, everyone. What's going
0: on, Jet fans? Big, ficken win this week, man. Sam
1: ficken. Fickin', Mike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Who would have thunk it? All these weeks ago, we're clowning him and his name and his lack of credentials on his resume. Hey, hey. Lo and behold, Sam Picking comes up big there. A couple yep. big field goals at the end. A couple other big field goals as the game went on. Seven field goals for the Dolphins. Not the most exciting game in the world. However... A win is a win. And that's all you're looking for. Gase looking for a little revenge versus the Dolphins. They whooped us a few weeks ago. Not necessarily the most exciting game. We'll get into the stats. We'll break it down a little bit, Mike. But they came away with the win. They went down two different times in the fourth quarter. They were able to come back and get the W. Nice drive there by Sam at the end with the clock running out. Sam Thicken with the walk-off like a boss. Big, big. And the Jets go ahead and get that fifth win, Mike.
2: They do. Four out of five games have resulted in a W for the New York Jets. Um I walked away from this game not as pleased as the other Ws we've taken during the season. There were some things I really liked, some things I didn't like, but I'm glad that we had a win. There's not many of these. We have 16 games a year if you're not counting the playoffs and anytime your team takes a W, you should be happy. So I will say hats off to the Jets for getting this win. I thought a couple of guys had really good games. Robbie Anderson had another great game, seven catches, 116 yards and the TD. Over the last three weeks, he's fourth in the NFL with 303 yards receiving. I thought he ran his routes very well. Um, Sam missed him on a couple of the throws. But overall, I think Robbie Anderson has really been turning up in the last couple of games. He's trying to get that contract from the Jets. I do not believe the Jets are going to give him a contract because he's looking for north of 10 million a year. And I don't think he's that, I don't think he's that type of receiver. But if he comes down to somewhere around eight, seven, that may be possible. I just don't, I think he thinks of himself in a higher class. Yeah, sure.
1: And you know, exactly. you never know. Look at the look at the contract Toro Williams got last year. Robbie's I think credentials are a lot better than his. Yep. But at the same token, uh the type of player he is, he's like six three Robbie, but he's a buck ninety. Once he gets a good hit put on him, he's not breaking tackles and making runs. He's just one of those guys that separates once he has that space. Yep. And they did it again uh, this weekend, Mike. Like I said, great game. Seven uh, seven uh catches for 116. Bilal Powell Powell pick for the Jets. Awesome. 19 carries, 74 yards, averaged just about four yards a carry there. It was the bell count most of the day. I know Montgomery got nine carries also. But Bilal looked really good. And, you know, we kind of alluded to this on the previous podcast. A runner like Le'Veon Bell, who's one of those patient runners who waits and looks for holes, that works really well when when you have a decent offensive line or a pretty good offensive line that's setting up their blocks for you and not getting beat by the defense, when you have an offensive line like ours has been most of this year, and they played better recently, but most of the year, not the best, not the most talented, they're not holding their blocks for the longest amount of time, Mike. A running back like Bilal Powell, who gets the ball, sees where he wants to go, and hits the hole. He makes his cut right away. A guy like that is probably going to be more effective with an offensive line like the one we have right now than Le'Veon Bell, and I think he showed it again this weekend.
2: I think so too, but I do believe that the coach was trying to make a point with running the ball as much as he did in the first half to tell Le'Veon Bell, we don't really need you. And I'm kind of, I don't mean to get off topic, I'm a little sick and tired of seeing stories leaking to get narratives across Like this story that just came out about Le'Veon Bell bowling late on Sunday. You could tell this is just a narrative that's just (laughs) trying to be put out there.
1: Well, he already knew Saturday that he wasn't playing Sunday. So Mm -hmm. if you're not playing Sunday and you go out bowling, then it's not the same thing as you're going out bowling till 1 o'clock in the morning, and you are playing Sunday, and then you don't play well. Yeah. Or, you went out late on Saturday, and that's the reason you didn't play didn't Sunday. Play well. yeah, right. I mean, he already knew Sunday he was, wasn't was feeling well, It wasn't going to... So, it's kind of one of these things where it's <laughs> the world we live in now, Mike. I think people make more about it, more story about it than they probably should. If you look at the way he's behaved this year, he's been a great team player, even when we were at our lowest of lows. Yep, right. Um, You know, Le'Veon Bell, to me said all the right things, was a great teammate, I think he's been done a great job this year on the Jets, and I just think this is one of those situations where people are looking for clickbait, and it's just something that's uh, you know easy to throw out there into the fire. I
2: will say this, the offensive line really hasn't been doing much for Le'Veon Bell and his running game, but I will say on Sunday, I thought this was one of the better games that the offensive line played. Sam Darnold only took two sacks, I believe, on the day, or less than that, and um, I thought that they were able to protect him pretty Pretty well Mike, can I ask you a question? Do
1: you think the fact that they they got to get a little confidence going in the run game because they don't have to hold their blocks as long with Powell back there instead of Bell? Do you think it somehow translated over to the pass production? because Sam actually did have some time back there, whereas a few we- I know they made adjustments, but when we played the the Dolphins a few weeks back, Sam was running all over the place. He had no time. This game looked completely different.
2: Yeah, it did. I would attribute that more to the fact that Calvin Beecham was playing this game, and the first time they played, Calvin Beecham was out, and Adoga was in the left tackle. When Adoga was the left tackle, they were getting destroyed by the Jaguars, the Dolphins, and then that was the Ghosts game. But Beecham played during the Dallas Cowboys game, and uh since the Miami ended and they went on that winning streak against the Giants, Beecham has been back at left tackle. I would think that that has mostly to do with it, but I also would agree that I think that because they're not needing to hold the line like the way they have with Le'Veon Bell, and you have a guy like Blau Powell is able to strike at holes much quicker, that it definitely helps with the offensive line and the cohesiveness between that unit. But I wanted to just give them a hats off on that day. I also thought the defensive line played pretty decently. Quinnen Williams had that hole of that um face mask early in the game when he broke through the line. But I was watching Quinn get Williams throughout this entire game and he was being disruptive. They had they were double teaming him a lot. And I kept my eye on him. I was just watching him all game just to see. And he was getting back there. He was definitely getting back there. Fatou and and Nathan Shepard. There was a stupid call on Nathan Shepard that they called a, um, you know, roughing the passer. Which was just the dumbest call I've ever seen. But I thought defensive line played pretty well. And I thought that uh the defense played Well, too. Now, you could say, oh, Fitzpatrick, move them up and down the field, up and down the field. Hey, no Jamal Adams. And it wasn't like he moved them up and down the field really passing the ball. I
1: know he threw for 245, but he basically killed us with the run game. Yeah. Fitzpatrick ran for 65 yards for 7 carries on the day, Uh and Laird had 48 yards, but he had 245 yards passing on the day, just a QB rating of 65. Uh, Even though there was times there that we couldn't even stop in the secondary, but, you know, on the day, without Jamal Adams out there, huge game by James Burgess, Mike. 13 tackles Oh my for him, goodness. One tackle for a loss, had a pass deflected. Probably his best game as the Jet. Dowell Roberts had 7 tackles, Neville Hewitt had five tackles. Jordan Jenkins. What? Too sad. Just causing problems like we always say about Jordan Jenkins. Just one of those players that unless you're a Jet fan, you don't really know who he is. But the ender every year you look up, he has seven sacks, he has eight sacks, always making a difference. And right now he's already at seven sacks. Right. Top 30 in the NFL in sacks right now, Jordan Jenkins. So he's doing kind of the same thing he did last year. Um, even playing less games because he missed some time at the beginning of the year. You know, not the most exciting game in the world, Mike. We got some positives to point to in the game for sure. And I'm, you know, I'm really stoked that Ficken was able to make that kick at the end. It's nice to beat the Dolphins. Nice to beat those division rivals even when it kind of feels like the games don't matter and you're worrying about draft picks, when you're out there in the stadium and it's cold yep. and it's windy and you're sitting in the crowd, you want to
2: walk out of there with a W. Mm-hmm. You do. You do. But, but the biggest thing that we are looking for as Jet fans and everybody who's listening to this podcast is how did the quarterback do? Is the quarterback pro- progressing? Does the quarterback look like he's going to be a franchise quarterback? I'm going to tell you that this game disappointed me more than almost every game I've watched of Sam Darnold this entire season, except for, obviously, the ghost game. But the ghost game, and the Jacksonville game, and even the first Dolphin game, I saw Sam throwing off his back foot, trying to avoid the sack, and he's not good against the sack. He actually is one of the worst quarterbacks against pressure in the entire NFL. He's got to get better at that. But this game bothered me because in the first half, he was 10 for 16, 100 and something yards, two touchdowns, had a quarterback rating like 135. He was awesome first half. He did really, really well. That touchdown to Robbie Anderson, you saw that throw, Keith, when he stepped up in the pocket. That was beautiful, man. He had some... Great plays in the pot. I mean, he was doing great. Then the second half starts, and you were there, Keith. You saw this live. Now I don't know if you saw, but his hand did get stepped on, and I don't want to use that as excuse, but I was wondering, did this actually impede, you know, cause him issues in the second half? Because he was late on throws. He was late. Like that interception was terrible. It was a late throw. The the, the throw that he threw in the last the, the, the throw he threw in the lap, do you remember when he was running Crowder, had Crowder for a touchdown? If he had thrown it early, it would have been a T. If he had tucked it and ran, it would have been a T. But he held it late and threw it. It was like bad decisions. There was another interception where he almost threw to Robbie Anderson. He almost he almost threw it, threw it right to the well, defender. There's, defender a dropped one,
1: there's a couple balls Robbie saved an interception on, for sure. And they were taking shots on it, but he ended up playing defensive back. And batting the balls down. Like, you know, it wasn't Sam's best day. He had two touchdowns on the day, 270 yards. You know, he's still at the point now where he has a better QB rating this year than last year. You know, last year was a 77. This year, he's right around an 85. And he's been raising it up ever since that Patriot game each week. He's playing better and better. But at the end, like you said, Mike, you know, what it came down to was great first half, not so great third quarter. Not so great beginning of the fourth quarter, but at the end when it counted the most.
2: Right, that's um, what you know, I was going to He was get able to it.
1: move the chains and actually yes. get a couple field goals and win the game.
2: Yes, yes, that's what I was going to get to. So then the final two drives where he had to score, he was able to lead drives that they were able to score on. And one of the things that we'll say, last year before he got hurt, remember he was playing, he got hurt, and then he came back. His interception rate was about 4.8%. And then since the Monday Night Football disaster this year, he has an interception rate of about 2.5%. So really the last couple of games, he had four interceptions against the Patriots, three against the Jaguars, one against the Dolphins, and then one against the Bengals, and then one this, uh, then one here, right? And one on Washington. So. Hasn't you know he hasn't been having multiple interception games, which looked which is good. He's five and five as a starter, sixty two percent completion percentage, fifteen touchdowns, eleven interceptions, twenty four hundred yards. He's thrown he's got better stats than Mayfield right now. And if you look at Josh Allen, he's completing. His completion percentage is definitely better than Josh Allen. Josh Allen has... One thing about Josh Allen that's going really well for him is that the coach... McDermott is a hell of a coach. I hate the Bills. That's why you can tell the mountain people from your outsiders. The mountain people. By their language. That all know. that, I detest. I they have a good coach. And you know why he's a good coach? Because he takes the talent that he has and he conforms around that talent. And he's created a system there for Josh Allen to be successful. It's unfortunate we don't have the same thing here in New York to have a coach working around the talents that Sam Darnold has. So that that, that is what it is. But I am going to say this. Um, So far, uh and we're going to get into this later with the Baltimore Ravens but Sam and the Jets have the Ravens, the Steelers and the Bills. These are three powerful defenses. There he's going to be on Thursday night football and you know everyone is expecting them to get killed. I would like to see Sam come out and play a strong game. I'm I'm not expecting the Jets to win but this is a test to see where the quarterback is. I know he's lost Ryan Griffin. I know he has got offensive line issues. I know, you know, there's issues with the, the talent around him. Le'Veon Bell is hurt. But you know what? You got to go in there and you got to show us, show us something,
1: man. Before we get into that and before we talk about that Raven game, let's talk about another tidbit that was in the news this week. Oh. The New England Patriots are at it. Again! You cheated! You, you cheated. cheated! Okay, Mike, so your favorite target, the New England Patriots, seems to be back in the news once again. Caught taping the Cincinnati Bengals sideline during the game. The 111 for eight minutes in a row. Uh, they've admitted to this. Apparently this is part, are they claiming this is part of some documentary they're filming on the Patriots. And once again, The hypothetical they're trying to tell us is that even though Bill Belichick knows every single rule in the book and explains them and everyone says he's a genius on the field, somehow outside of that, he never knows the rules. He had nothing to do with this. They didn't know this was wrong. I mean, dude.
0: Putting a camera on on the opposing team's side, whether you're making a show or not, for eight minutes, I mean, I understand for the continuity of the show, you might have to show their sideline. But you're not going to focus
1: a camera on them for eight minutes. But this is like, your kid has chocolate all over their face. And they're telling you they did not eat the chocolate cake. No, no chocolate cake. Like, this is them. This is what they do. And because nothing happens, really, just because they get fined. You know, they're not going to strip away titles from this team. And they're once again embroiled in another Patriots cheating controversy.
2: The audacity. Like, it just... It, it blows my mind how they issue these statements admitting that their crew violated NFL pos- policy. They admit violating NFL policy, filming the field and sideline from the press box, but insisted that it was an honest mistake. They insist that the production team has nothing to do with the football squad and uh, and with their with their football team. They admit. That they say that the crew immediately was able to turn over all the footage to the league and they cooperated fully. And they act like we really are going to believe their BS. Like, do you, did we not forget that Bill Belichick had his minions dress in NFL film shirts to go up into the uh, opposing teams, uh, uh, stands and videotape and practices? Did we not forget the seven years of all of the cheating that went on and the systems that they were able to employ and the going into locker rooms and stealing play sheets? Do you think that we as a public and as a people forget all that stuff that you guys do? The fact that all all opposing teams go into hotels and at night the fire alarms are pulled? Did we not forget that people's headsets are being Tapped or or somehow get messed up when they're in, in, in Foxborough, but you want us to be, believe that you had nothing to do with video, or you made an honest mistake at the Bagels game. At the Bagels game, who you're playing next week? I, I do. Are, do they take us as fools? Yeah.
1: Well, I, you know what? You know what else is interesting? I mean, someone should maybe. Talk to the HR director on the Patriots who hires, you know, the non person the non-football staff because apparently you have rogue film crews (laughs) filming sidelines, Mike. And apparently also you had a couple of Patriots ball boys just go into business for themselves and decide, Hey, I'm just going to deflate these footballs. (laughs) No one knew about that either. Like that's what this is the world we're in. It's like you caught red-handed. That's not what happened though it's going to continue to happen until the NFL really hits
0: them hard. You know, like, like some, you know, I I don't know what, I don't know what type of penalty they can get. I mean, mean, it's multiple, multiple infractions over many years. When does the NFL and Goodell say, all right, you know what? You guys are not playoff eligible. Yeah, we know that. And we know the NFL has
1: the footage too and (laughs) they're reviewing it now and we'll see what happens. I don't know if, there's any love loss at the moment between the Patriots and the, the top of the NFL. Cause they don't, lo- they're not in the same cahoots as they used to be when, you know, like I should say, for instance, when, uh, the first spy gate happens, yep. the footage of all that and they stomped it out and no one knows why and we'll never get to, you know, it's, oh my that's some serious, serious oh, conspiracy. Now you know. that
0: crap got caught, you know, getting handies and stuff, I don't think, uh, well, yeah, cares anymore about, you know.
1: You have players, you have players blowing dudes brains out on the side of 95. Uh, you have your owner. Um, getting a happy ending down in Florida. You have, you know, it just your teammate. You've been caught cheating how many times? And yet you, you'll turn on, you'll turn on the game and you'll hear these announcers fawning over them oh, as if they're the, the model franchise in sports when they are the absolute biggest degenerate franchise in history, but they oh, win word, so it doesn't make history, a difference.
2: In history, in history, in history. It is, it is beyond words, Keith. And I am just aghast at the fact that they have the audacity to continue to cheat even after being caught multiple times, even after all the things that they've gone through, they still cheat because it's in their nature because that's what they do. And anyone that doesn't look at this with the factual, uh, outlook that it deems worthy, this team is a fraud and they're disgusting and they cheat the profession of football. And I'm, am I a biased New York Jets fan? Absolutely. I hate that team, but that doesn't make what I'm saying not true.
1: Yeah, you no, know, of course I, not. You know, I'll put you in a tough spot because in no way, shape, or form would me and Mike say that we have an, an objective right. opinion because we don't. Right. Right. So I know that already. What I do, all the things we just spoken about, Spygate and uh, when they deflated it, deflate gate and these things, these are facts. This You're isn't facts. conjecture. This isn't. Me, us saying, oh, well, this team wouldn't have been this good if this didn't right. happen. This is, I'm just talking about the facts. You've That's got
0: multiple saying. gates against your team. Yeah. Like, America has one gate,
1: Watergate. The Patriots <laughs> have multiple gates. And then not only that, they have Handjob Gate. <laughs> yes, And guys. they have. <laughs> parlor Gate, yes. Um, They have Parlor Gate. They've got, I'm gonna kill Odell Lloyd Gate. Yeah, I'm and then thing. apparently killed two other people, you know, and, you know, turned gay in prison. They had a whole different wild lifestyle when he was in there. And it's like, this is not. This is not a team. They
2: are they, gonna interview those guys and be like, "What did Bill Belichick tell you?" And he, they're gonna be like, "Do your job." <laughs> that's what he. That's exactly what he told them.
1: All right. Well, so that's the Pats. They're up to their old tricks as always. Yep. Now let's get into this game we have coming up on Thursday. Not gonna be an easy one. Top four teams in the league. Top three teams in the league right now. Baltimore Ravens, New York Jets, Week 15. Let's go.
2: Hey, Tim the situation uh, kind of got heavy on me
1: all right michael so here we go we were hoping to be coming into this one 6 and 7 if we could have got that bangle win not how it worked out coming in 5 and 8 up against the Baltimore Ravens, eleven and two. Lamar Jackson running wild this year might win the MVP. Mark Ingram is revitalized. Just spread the ball around when it comes to the passing game. There, if you look at the receiving stats, Andrews, Brown, Sneed, Boyle. Um, Ingram has got two hundred yards receiving. So that team, offensively, because of what Jackson can do. I mean, we all know it. I'm sure people listening right now play fantasy football. Like, how do you even how do you prepare to stop this dude? And, They're rushing for 200 yards a game, passing for 207, 408 yards a game they average, which is number two in the NFL, so that's about as balanced as it gets. Uh, They're averaging 33 points a game, which is number one in the NFL, because the defense has been putting them in really good position. Not a fun game to think about heading into this one. Not a fun game to try to envision what will occur, but if Jamal Adams is back, if the defense is fully healthy... Do have some very fast guys in the uh, secondary there. You do never know. We beat the Cowboys. We've had some other good wins this year versus the Raiders also. So I don't know. The, you know the Ravens' defense too, Mike. Though also formidable this year, and that's another issue. Oh,
2: that I could well I could tell you the one metric that can point to potential Jet um, I'm not gonna say W, but the Jets doing better than what everybody thinks. So you know you have a bunch of if you have. In, on the team, defense and offense. And I would say that the most important thing to have over everybody else would be a passing offense, would be the most important. And then after that would probably be the passing defense and then a rushing offense and the rushing defense being the last major quality you would want you know, your team to be good at. The Jets right now are averaging 75.6 yards a game against the run, which is actually in a historic pace for maybe one of the greatest rush defenses in the history of the game. That is not a crazy statement. That is facts. The jet rush defense right now is shutting down everybody. And the one thing that the Baltimore Ravens are really, really good at is rushing the ball. They're number one in the league. Their quarterback is a beast. He has 151 carries for 1,017 yards and seven touchdowns on the ground. Now, if you look at, Sam, at Lamar Jackson in, on the pass, he's much better than Sam has been. He has 28 touchdowns, six interceptions, 200, 2,677 yards. Remember, that's all the games he's played. Sam's played four less games, but only is behind him by about 200 yards. So Lamar, yes, he hasn't thrown many interceptions, but he doesn't throw for that many yards per game. He's more, you know, dual threat type. So if the Jets take away the run the way they have taken the run away other teams, then you're looking at a quarterback that's not as scary as like a Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or, you know, uh, one of those other great quarterbacks. So that may be something in which the Jets may have a shed of light, but I'm looking at this. I'm looking at the matchup predictor right now on ESPN. Keith, we have a 6.6 percent chance of winning this game.
1: They're number one in scoring in the league on offense. They're fifth in the league defensively when it comes to scoring. They're only giving up 18.2 a game. Uh, only giving up about 314 yards a game. And even rushing, I mean, we're we're going crazy, but they're not even giving up 100 yards rushing a game either. So, yeah. not a lot of area for us offensively, you would think, to attack. But, stranger things have happened. And there's been some games this year, teams have been able to move the ball, and then mostly earlier in the year. But, you know, Lamar Jackson, Mike, you know, he still has six interceptions this year, but it's more what he can do with his legs. He's 151 attempts. I mean, that's... That's great. That's, I mean, that's a lot of his. Oh, he, only, he has 30 less attempts than Ingram. I mean, you know, and that's your feature back. So, but 151 attempts, maybe a normal quarterback at this point in the year has tried to rush the ball. A non a non rushing quarterback right. has maybe scrambled 25, 30 times. Yep. And maybe, you know, another chunk of those runs. Right there, he, he throws the ball out of bounds. Maybe somebody makes a completion. Where with Lamar, that's why his completion percentage is so good. Because he's just running it. Yeah. Right. Yep. You know, he's keeping his completion percentage <laughs> at a good spot. Because a lot of those attempts that a lot of guys would be just throwing the ball out of bounds. He's going out there he's getting you three run, or four yeah. yards. Which has been good, too, yeah. for his uh, his QB rating. Which is right around 109.2 right now. So, I mean, he really is on a historic pace this year when it comes to rushing and passing. You know, we knew that would happen. Coming in this year, we do the fantasy football shows. We thought Lamar Jackson would be a great player. And this is a big-time test for us at uh, this point of the year. And if we have Jamal Adams back there, if we do have the secondary a little more healthy than last week, it'd be helpful, not even just in the passing game, more Mike, just to have some quick bodies back there if Lamar gets past that first line of defense right. and gets past those linebackers. If you have you know, Jamal Adams come flying in, you have Blas- uh, on Austin come flying in. Because what I'm worried about is Ryan Fitzpatrick scrambled for 65 yards last week.
2: Oh my goodness!
1: So I mean that, and, but th- this is—they weren't game planning for him. Right, not gonna, right They're not right. going to put a spy on Ryan Fitzpatrick. Right? You're not going to do that because the type of player he is and his age. But you know that's just disconcerting to yep. see that. Yeah, you know, if the, you though.
2: had we had Jamal Adams and you could just put him in spy, oh, he'd be perfect because he's—he's his instincts are very very good, and I think Greg Williams could deploy him to just watch Lamar the entire time. The problem with Lamar is he's so fast. Keith. And Nick, he's he is. I mean, he he just needs a step, and it's it's over. See, I think the
0: key. The key this week for the Jets defense, if they can contain and do a good job on design runs for Lamar Jackson, because when the quarterback obviously runs, it's eleven on eleven now, and you've got the one guy that has to make the tackle, and he's 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 a he's, he's a living juke move. Yeah. So if they can do that then you can you can kind of you know funnel him back in when things break down they might have a shot if they, if they can just you know concentrate on design runs to him limiting that because that's why that offense you say you've already <coughs> talked about how you know they're on historic pace cases here he's on a historic pace but yeah it's because he's, and he's throwing the dudes because it's because
1: so of the run game you know he just throws the dudes that are just wide open and you're doing yeah. three because they will they'll, they'll run he'll go to the left as if he's gonna run or go to the right like he's gonna run teams commit And then he just throws back across the field to a tight end, and the guy runs 60 yards per touch, and Hurst did it last week, and Andrews has done it a bunch of times this year. So, you know, it'll be fun. Thursday night game, earlier in the week, and, you know, Michael, in that football game, when the Jets play the Ravens, you have one of your fantasy football quarterbacks playing. His name is Sam Darnold. You are in the semifinals of your fantasy football league that you're in, the SCFL, Mm -hmm. one game away... From the big dance, from the Super Bowl, from the championship, and you're matched up against none other than your co host on the Bane Being Green podcast, <laughs> Clash of the Titans, Mike. Uh, now, now we got to
2: put some context. We got to give some context. So, our fans, AEBG, we have a football league, a fantasy football league. It's Dynasty League. It is one of the craziest leagues, probably the craziest league I've ever, ever been a part of. It is a dual QB, 16-player, all-keeper league. So you have to come in and you have to draft rookies. And, you know, three wide receiver spots, two running back spots, tight end. And I came in eight years ago. This is my eighth year. And I had no quarterbacks. I had nothing. And I had to build from the bottom up. It was very, very difficult. I got taken advantage of in the beginning because I didn't really understand how to trade. So (laughs) all this time, no, and, and it's true, you know, and... Keith has had a mega team that he built from the beginning uh, and now has just done a superb job. He's going for his fifth championship. This is the first time I have been in the second round of the playoffs. Um, And so my team is going for my first time trying to get to the championship. So this is going to be a very big test. I have Sam Darnold. He is my prized draft pick two years ago, and uh, I have Saquon Barkley, I have Drew Brees, Godwin, so, I, and his team's Mahomes, uh, he's got Aaron Rodgers, he's got uh, Aaron Jones, Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, so it's gonna, yeah, it's, it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna be ways. a, it's gonna be a pretty crazy Jet match fans,
0: up, right? ask Mike why Robbie Anderson is on his bench this week.
1: Oh yeah, Mike? You know, you had a lot of faith in the last couple of weeks, big time <laughs> trade to get Robbie, doesn't look like he's gonna get a start this week, Joe.
2: Nah, he's not gonna be getting a start. He's
1: not going to start against Baltimore. Well,
2: nah, I'm not doing nah. it against Baltimore. He'll <laughs> be on the bench this week. So uh, Mike
0: looked over, saw the big nine in red, <laughs> <laughs> ninth for Baltimore. He's like, yeah, eh, eh. He's like, nah, bench. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing yeah, it. Yeah.
2: I love Robbie, but I uh, can't do it. I'm actually th- potentially thinking of benching Sam, but we'll see. We'll yeah, see I don't know
1: about is. that. Did Robbie that, cut his hair? Or that might be under the helmet. No, right, you, Robbie's hair's still there. Okay. I'm pretty
0: sure Mike might know
1: better than me, but I'm almost positive he still has the uh, the suit, the pirate, <laughs> the ODB. Oh yeah, he's still he's still the ODB, yeah, he
2: still got the ODB here. He still got the ODB going. All
1: right, cool. yeah. yeah. Well, I wish you the best of luck. I wish the best of luck to our other compatriots on the other side of the bracket. It's going to be a lot of fun this weekend, guys. Another one in the books. Yeah. How's it feel? How does it feel to have another one under the belts? Yes, Nothing. sir. I, you know, last week Senor was on fire. Yep. And I know he was in touch with Wookiee this Jerry week. Jerry Lambo came up. stoked. Yeah, the Jets beat the
0: He was he was really he was really really happy. I might he actually left me a voicemail, so I'm gonna try. I still have that on the phone. Maybe next week, yeah. play a snippet okay. of uh, only the parts that can you know yeah. are suitable for.
2: You know, ESNY. Senor I was messaging and, 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 me
1: if I could go to Models and get him a Sam Ficken jersey, and I was like, dude, they don't sell Sam Ficken jerseys. I
2: was going to yeah, say, yeah. the kicker kick the kicker won, I was going to say. That's sure why. He's, loved he's, it. And you oh, know yeah.
0: Senor has the affinity for kickers, so. Yeah. He already showed me, he sent me a picture of a Jets jersey. It was like a blank green jersey, like a generic one when you've seen the commercials because you have you couldn't pay for the rights. And on the back of it, it just he had duct tape. Uh, Ficken yeah, Led- You know, spelled <laughs> it wrong But whatever yeah. it was, It's the
1: effort that counts right? Well you, got, you guys have to remember Sam Ficken was delivered From Los Wevos Yes to the He was yep. He was And now he's out here Winning games he's With the, the, docus- the cock running out Versus the most hated team Can't do it Yep want to thank everybody out there For joining us this week Riding with us all season long Big game coming up here against the Ravens. Guys, try to get our sixth win of the season. But if anyone does want to support us, listen to us, tell their friends about us in any way, shape, or form, Mike, where can they do that?
2: We're hosted on the Elite Sports Radio Network. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com. Follow us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio. On Twitter at AEBG.JetsRadio. Underscore MyJ Podcast and on Instagram at Jet
1: You heard the man on behalf of the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas and the big stinky wookie Nicholas Kronk. My name is Keith Farrell. Everybody, see you next week. Peace out. Are you ready? Can't the New York Jets can beat day in the world, and I think
0: we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet are fans. Jet fans. fans. Bird!
2: very passionate Bird, <laughs>
0: thank you all you fans. they got their guys darnold falling to
2: the jack sam darnold.
1: Damn, darnold that's such an
2: upside <laughs> don't think jeff